Hey friends, this is Rob and welcome to another episode of Give Us This Day, Our Daily Guinness. It's the daily episodes of the podcast. And this is featuring my chance encounter of a conversation with Scott from Summit Brewing. Summit is a brewery in St. Paul, Minnesota, but I ran into Scott last night at a beer tasting at Surtix in Northeast Minneapolis. And we dove into talking about how Summit is releasing their line of non-alcoholic beers. We talk about how most non-alcoholic beers are made and what they're doing differently. Uh, Foreshadow, foreshadow, foreshadow. This uh, is a massive factor on why I actually loved these beers. So, (laughs) <laughs> Maybe even more importantly is I think this podcast episode should serve should serve this podcast episode should serve as a litmus test because I think this is a perfect representation of how my brain works. If you don't like this episode, chances are you have saved yourself a ton of time because you're most likely not going to like the rest of this podcast, and that's okay. But a great example of that is this, diving into this thought about beer and my preferences reminded me of my thoughts about the importance of you and me having a damn opinion about things, whether it is art, whether it's about beer, whether it's about movies or music, whatever it is, I think is super important. And here's why. Hey, here's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And when I when I say a lot, I mean a ton. This keeps coming up. It's almost like a, uh, a, a context category of an idea that keeps coming up in like movies I'm, I seem to be watching or podcasts I'm listening to uh, or conversations I've having, been having with friends. And I've been kind of collecting these things, taking notes on them. And maybe I'll share more about this a little bit more succinctly uh, on the podcast here soon. But I... I at its core, it comes down to this. I, I'm starting to think that I believe that what you like defines you. And especially, yeah, let me go even further than this. If you are making something and you're sharing it with the world, whether you are brewing beer or you are a musician or you're writing, it is your damn responsibility to be fully attuned to your own taste and opinions and preferences. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to make things that other people are going to like. They just think like having your own A440 of taste that you align yourself to is so freaking important. And I say this because my journey to now has been so freaking hard over the years. This has been a really hard thing for me to learn. Uh, And I think the best example uh, to, to convey that is like my, my journey as a bass player. I really, for the longest time had this misunderstanding of what my actual job as a bassist and an artist was. I spent so many freaking years of my life thinking that my job was just to figure out what every, what like the general population of artists and songwriters, what they look for in a bass player. I got to figure that out. And so I could just be whatever anybody wants from me. My job is to uh, figure out what kind of music fans like. And I just want to, I can replicate, I can do that. Oh, you need this? I can do that. And the problem with that for me and my journey was 
that it turned me into this freaking vanilla player for the longest time. Like just, it, I just, the, I, the thoughts and ideas and the things I was playing, it just was super bland for a long time. And one of the things that really took me out of this need to just figure out whatever the people want, I could just be that, was actually my experience and journey into photography. By the time I uh, really fell in love with photography, it was very personal and a private thing for me. And because my main thing was bass guitar, I had zero intention of sharing my photography with the world. And so that freed me up to do a massive deep dive into just what I love and what I wanted to create. I didn't give a single crap about what anybody else thought was cool. The entirety of my journey was into trying to figure out, okay, what kind of photography am I going to be? What kind of photographs do I like taking? Well, that's a dive into the photographs that move me and impact me. And as I dove down that world, I really fell in love and realized I love this uh, rich history of black and white film photography. And I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that I would even care if anybody else liked that. It's what I liked. And so I did this massive deep dive and essentially gave myself uh, a like like a, a almost a visual arts degree in the diving down that history of it and uh, learning it myself. And the really interesting thing about this is that this this it's, this, is so, this is so stupid and almost like perverse to what how I like used to think the world worked. But it was like I this commitment to my own taste and finding my own voice and having a style of my own. It as I started actually sharing that with other people, people started connecting with it. Not everybody. It's not for everybody. Other people, some people didn't like it, but I didn't give a shit because it's not for you. This is for me. But what's interesting is that a lot of people really did connect with it. And that started leading to a bunch of album covers and doing commission work for artists and brands. And so I just started having this awareness. I'm like, man, what the hell? I'm not even trying with this. This is this was originally for me, and it was, so it was just a surprise that anybody else would connect with it. So I say all this to get to now. Where I'm at right now is I'm trying, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is where do I define the lines between this deep, like fierce commitment to my own taste and preferences and knowing what it is I like about things while still making space for other people's different opinions um, and what other people like when it ha- when it's completely opposite of what I like. A great example, a great like example of this is I w- was listening to an interview with the producer Rick Rubin, who was talking about his phrase for himself is he just says, it's not for me. He tries not to judge other things because it's for somebody else. Other people like it. That great. That's it's just not for me. And so that's kind of been that's been helpful for me, almost like a mantra for me lately to to help myself um, leave space for other people. Now the problem is, I still think that there is space for objectivity of opinions. Like there's there, it still can be different where you can say this is not for me while also saying, I believe this is objectively bad. Okay, a good example of that is the coffee scene uh, here in the Twin Cities. I love coffee, and I know that my love 
of coffee is not the same as everybody else. My preference for the beans I've been digging and buying lately is not for everybody, but uh, everybody, everybody has their own deal. But I can still tell when a bean is objectively roasted, what I would consider bad. It was like, it was when something is over roasted, uh, I still have space. I'm so I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm saying this before I have like defining like thoughts, like outlines of what I believe with this, but I still think there's space for objectivity with stuff. Um, and actually this has really helped me define what I think it means to be a snob in anything. I think people don't really fully, if you, if you like something and you're passionate and you're enthusiastic about something, a lot of times specifically like beer and coffee. Oh, you're a beer snob, you're a coffee snob. I actually think the real definition of a snob is someone that shits on other people's preferences. That's what a snob is. If you are like, leave space, you're like, oh, that's not for me. This, then you're just an enthusiast about great coffee and great beer. Uh, and I, so I think there's space for that. Um, okay. Here's another example. (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm just going to be super honest right now. I really abhor, is that, is that the right word? Yeah. It just, I, I hate this culture of hard seltzer that we have in the world right now. I think hard seltzer is a perversion. <laughs> no, this is right. I think hard seltzer is a perversion of beer. Like we're going to strip out if you, oh, you don't like the taste of beer, but you just want the alcohol. Yeah, I think it is wrong <laughs> where we're at as a society when it comes to hard seltzer. Now, that being said, uh, I do have this space also in my mind that's just not for me. I understand, and that usually I, I I hold space in my mind for hard seltzer, specifically when it comes to breweries selling it, which might actually sound counterintuitive. But I think right now there's such a demand for it. If you, especially small breweries are just trying to keep the doors open, you are throwing money away by not brewing a hard seltzer. So I I totally get it. It's more the culture of it. The fact that people are actually wanting it and drinking it. I'm just like, ah, man, it's not for me. And also I think it's objectively, can I say it's objectively wrong? I think I will. Um, Now there's a difference between that and my thoughts on non-alcoholic beer. I have total space in my mind for anybody drinking non-alcoholic beer that whether you are doing dry January, whether you are avoiding alcohol for whatever reason in your life, man, hell yeah, that that's great. Now within that, I think that objectively, most non-alcoholic beers are not good. And I, I mean that by saying the most non-alcoholic beers that I've tried in my life have off flavors. And I didn't know why that was. I never was curious about it. It's just like, no, they're all, most of them are bad. You know, there's exceptions to it. I think Heineken Zero is a decent, I think that for the longest time, actually until yesterday, Heineken Zero was uh, my like favorite option of all non-alcoholic beers. I think Guinness Zero is decent for something non-alcoholic, but I still, I can't, I feel like it's a little sacrilegious to have the name Guinness on it because it's a totally different beer. Does it taste nothing like Guinness? So I've been uh, this wrestling with that, but for the longest time, I didn't know why the majority of non-alcoholic beers had objective 
off flavors in them until yesterday. Sarah and I were at a tasting at one of my favorite liquor stores in the Twin Cities, Certix. It's just OG, family run. It's been around forever. And uh, we just happened to find ourselves there. Actually, this is really, this is super serendipitous. Last night was madness. I, I had a show in the St. Anthony, Maine area of Minneapolis over by the Stone Arch Bridge. Uh, and then I was trying to sandwich in Sarah's work, had a uh, work dinner that she had asked me to go to. So I, I go over to the St. Anthony, Maine area and I drop off all my, then I jet out and I'm about to go meet Sarah downtown. And I realized she's actually at Certix because there is a, they were doing a German wine tasting. So I, I headed over that way. I walk in and I see her standing in front of a Summit Brewery table uh, and she, uh, she's tasting something. She's like, you got to try this. It's a, they, they just are releasing their non-alcoholic beer line. I think it's right now. It's just two beers. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a taste. But typically if I see a, a non-alcoholic beer at a tasting, it's just a hard pass. I, I just know I'm not going to really like it. But I taste it and instantly I'm like, man, I'm not even an IPA person necessarily because I feel like we're in this massive world of trying to out hops each other. But uh, that's another opinion I have. I have space for other people that like IPAs. I think we're just overdoing it right now. Uh, but it was a non-alcoholic IPA and it was the best non-alcoholic beer I've had in a long time. I'm just putting that stamp right now. And so I start talking to Scott, who works for Summit, and we I find myself in a fascinating conversation about uh, how the majority of breweries make non-alcoholic beer and how they're doing it differently and why I actually enjoyed it. So I did what any normal sane person does at a beer tasting. Uh, I pulled out a microphone and record my conversation with him. And so this is just a short snippet about Summit. This is not uh, this is not a sponsored conversation. I just think it's fascinating, and I thought you would too. Uh, and what else was I going to say about this? Uh, oh, yeah, Summit. In this conversation, I apologized after I stopped recording. I apologized because I used the word... Um, underrated. I said in this, I was like, Summit, I feel like is an underrated brewery. And I just felt like that came off wrong as if like, oh man, people don't think you're great. But actually now that I'm thinking about it, I stand by it. I think Summit is one of the most underrated breweries. And by that, I mean, you can't, you're not going to find Summit beer outside of the Midwest. But Minnesota's going through their own. We just did like a massive like state flag redesign. It's like a ton of people are talking about it. Personally, my biggest frustration with the Minnesota state flag redesign is that the Summit logo isn't on it. That's how much I love this brewery. I think they are the OG of uh, the breweries. When they were when they started doing craft beer, it wasn't really this massive thing that it is now. Uh, they've got a great tap room. It's fascinating. They used to do, the, and I don't know if they still do it anymore, but they used to do this line of unchained beer where you would, they would just make beer that was only available in the tap room. And it was always amazing. And it just, I've always loved what they're doing over there. So if you're in Minnesota, Wisconsin, their beer is everywhere. Check it out. I mean, you can't really miss with anything they do. And uh, if you're in St. Paul, uh, check out the tap room. Uh, I think it's just a rad spot. I just love everything they're doing over there. Is that enough rambling? Pfft, okay. Holy crap. That was long. But all that to say, 
I'm just thinking about that lately. I hope wherever you're at that you are, you are continually being pulled into tune with your own A440 of taste and opinions with wherever you're at in life. All right, enough about that. Here's my conversation with Scott at Certix in Northeast Minneapolis. Dude, totally. Okay, here, here's the deal. Yeah. I have I have a problem. My problem is this. I have a ton of friends yes. that don't drink or they're doing dry January. Yeah. Sacred. Uh, or they or they don't drink right now alcohol. So they're they're looking for NA beers. Yes. I think most of them are shit. Yes. Just about everyone except for Heineken Zero is the only one I found. And now I'm here at this tasting, and this is the best one I've ever had. So, okay, you get number one, just a couple questions. Yes, sir. One is, <laughs> yes, the one is, what is the normal way that you were saying that everybody, normal breweries make NA beers? So, so uh, the common method of brewing an NA beer is typically breweries will, will, will brew a beer and they'll, they'll strip the alcohol out by a process that's typically known as vacuum distillation. Yeah. Um, pretty common method with most breweries. Uh, with our Neolis, uh NA beers, the way we brew it, um, we use a specialized yeast strain yeah. that when we actually uh, ferment the beer, we add the yeast in, it will attack the fermentable sugar but not produce any alcohol. Yeah. So the advantage of that as opposed to the vacuum distillation me- method where you strip the alcohol out for the consumer is a better uh, drinking experience. Yeah. The quality of the liquid, you're going to have better head retention, better aromatics, yeah. better mouthfeel, yes. um, just a better drinking experience. So. Um, so instead of like making the beer and then repairing it, essentially like making something else out of it, you're from the very beginning correct. doing something with an intention. Yes, yes. And you were saying like some crazy amount of money you, you guys put into? Yeah, we invested several million dollars into this project, into our Nihilus, yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> how long has this been a, a process for? Like when you guys started like diving into nerding out at the brewery, has it been like a good three, three and a half years of, really? of research and development into this before we went live with it, yes. Okay, and then what beers do you have available with Right it? now with our Nihilus, we have two different styles. We have our IPA and then our Irish Dark. Okay. And then um, we're looking to add some more to the stable. The next one is, is probably going to be a lager, but we're always looking for a consumer response as well to see what, what you guys want. Yes. Um, so we always get feedback from you guys as Man, well. This rules. Okay, the, I just had to steal you for a second yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I think Summit is, not that I think other people are underrating it, but I think it's just, I think it's the most underrated brewery in the in the whole state or maybe even midwest because it was such an og like carving a path for sure and so now i'm getting pumped because i'm like oh (laughs) you guys are carving the path on something else i can get pumped about and feel i don't feel like i'm missing out it's the first na beer that i didn't feel like i was missing out on something yeah yeah. so it's rules okay nice to meet you well give me your name one more time scott scott what's your last name renteria okay nice to meet you thank you brother (laughs) Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.